the voice referendum is something that on which we really need a lot more details, okay? Anthony Albanese just keeps saying, oh, we're just going to mention Indigenous people in the Constitution and it's just good manners and, and that's all there is to it. But it might not be like that. Now, it's interesting if you look at the Indigenous community, at least the political community, uh, Jacinta Price and Warren Mundine and Lydia Thorpe, who are all come from different angles, are all against the voice, right? They're against it. Um, and yet other Indigenous people are for it. And I think Australians in general are split 50-50. I want to have an open mind on the voice, but because of various unanswered questions, I'm struggling to support it. Anyway, hopefully our next guest can help me with some of those questions. He's a director of From the Heart, uh, which is leading the Voice Yes campaign. Dean Parkin, good afternoon again. Good afternoon, Tom. Okay, so my first big question is this. Um, when it comes to the things that the, let's say the voice does get up, will it have an opinion on uh, just uh, laws and, and, and bills before parliament that retain speci- or, or, or attain specifically to Indigenous people? Or will it have a say on laws that affect all Australians, including Indigenous people. And, and I ask this because there's a big difference. Like, for example, um, yesterday's changes to superannuation will affect some Indigenous people, albeit it is a law not aimed at Indigenous people. W- would a voice have a say on that? Well, I think the first thing we've got to remember, Tom, is why we need a voice in the first place. So... Um, we know that there is a persistent and large gap on many quite basic life outcomes between Indigenous people in this country and non-Indigenous people. Health, education, employment, housing, all of those sorts of things that we hear year after year after year. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are frustrated by the lack of progress. Many, many non-Indigenous Australians of great goodwill, year after year, are very frustrated on the lack of progress. We see things like closing the gap that are that are strategies aimed at, at addressing these issues and year after year continuing to miss the mark. We know we get better outcomes when Indigenous people have a say over those issues. So at the first instance, there's going to be a very, very long list of issues that are just aimed at closing the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples. I mean, there are literally decades of work with respect to the laws and policies that that are influential in 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 trying to achieve better outcomes, that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people need to be having a say over, so we actually start getting better results okay, uh, on and, the ground, which is what this is about. Okay, and, and I, I I don't really have a problem with that, but. My, my concern is that if, for example, um, the government wants to make changes to the tax system, I mean, that would affect some Indigenous people. I mean, does, does the voice have a say on that or, are, or will, it, will it limit itself to just issues which are specific to Indigenous people? Well, I think there's going to be an incredible... I think there's two things. Firstly, there's going to be a high level of expectation from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people ourselves that the people sitting on the voice are going to be focused on those issues that have a the most particular impact in the lives of our families and communities. There's going to be internal political pressure from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to make sure that there's focus there. The second thing is, I think, and, and, and I see this and I hear this a lot when we get around the community, that there is a level of trust 
that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples want to be involved in the solutions that actually do affect our communities. Like, we have to we have to understand that the voice will have a role and there'll be functions and there'll be things that set out that says this is what it will do, this is what it won't do. But we also got to have a level of trust in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples that we want the best for our families and communities. And, and so there'll be an incredible amount of pressure to make sure that the focus is where it absolutely needs to be. Yeah, but, but, but can I tell you, I mean, you know, we might say that more broadly that, you know, we would like to trust our politicians to focus on the things that really matter to us. But day after day after day, we see that they do anything. But look, can I tell you this? I mean, I mean, the, the voice could, in a bad way, end up becoming a bureaucracy that grows and, and, and attracts power to itself simply because it can. You know, if, if, if a future version of the voice says, well, we do want to have a say over all laws that pass through the Australian Parliament because they might affect Indigenous people, I don't think a government in the future is going to be brave enough to say no to it. And then what you'll end up with is a voice that that actually does become a third chamber of parliament. I mean, I'm only guessing that this might happen, but I'm not seeing anything that would stop it from happening. Well, a couple of things. Nobody's ever asked for a third chamber of parliament, and we've never sought one and, and don't want one. In fact, we want this to be very, very different. We want this to be a source of wisdom and advice from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to all governments, because quite frankly, it doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum they come from. None of them have got this right with respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander okay. people. If I, if, I was, if I was a government... I'd be looking at this voice and its advisory function, wanting to say, well, actually, we've had our go. Why don't you tell us what's going to work and we're going to give that a go because All currently right. at the moment, what, what's, what's but, in the system but, but, is just not working. But, but again, I, I just want to, I need to be reassured, and I think a lot of Australians do, that the voice will limit itself to issues specifically affecting Indigenous communities, not broader issues that face all of Australia. Well, well, as I said before, there will be that pressure and expectation that it is focused on the things that have an acute impact. I mean, Tom, we see, we watch the news like everybody else, and we see those issues that are that are in our faces on a day-to-day basis. I can I can tell you with absolute certainty that our mob want to see those changes more than anybody else in the Australian community. So there'll be that. There'll also be um, the, the Parliament, which under the current proposal that's been put forward with respect to the voice. It will be the body, rightfully so, that determines the structures and functions of the voice. And I think it's one thing to say, oh, well, parliaments will be too scared and whatnot. I actually have a bit more faith in the, in the parliament to do its job, to make sure that the voice is focused on where it needs to be. Um, it, it won't be up to the voice to determine how big it gets or whether it turns into a bureaucracy. That will be for the parliament to decide. And I think across the board, there is no appetite to see that um, either now or in future governments. So I actually, I actually think that the, the way that it's been proposed um, can actually be um, managed by the, the structures the, that we have. All right. I mean, there, there are already hundreds of Indigenous advisors in the Department of Aboriginal Affairs, which I think is what it's still called. How is it that they've not been able to shape policy in a way that, that suits people? And why, why would the voice be any different? Well, they're part of the government and they're part of the parliamentary process where there's ministers that say this is what the, this is what the decision is going to be. What's missing is an independent voice that's sitting outside of that process going, hang on a sec, we've seen that before. We've seen these policies done before and we know they don't work because we come from our communities and, and, uh, and, and, and we know what works and doesn't work. So it's that independence from the government and so yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've seen recently, Tom, we've seen one government come in, sweep aside a set of laws with respect to alcohol restrictions in the Northern Territory. Um, many Indigenous people in the communities 
were resistant to that, but they didn't have a voice outside yeah, of that. They got, they got ignored. You're right. Process. You're right. Well, and, and so sitting outside being able to say, it doesn't matter who's in red or blue, this is what's needed in our communities. Okay. And finally, and, and this is, picks up on something the, the South Australian Premier said recently, um, he said that, uh, look, people who vote no can't be accused of being racist. Um, would you agree with him that, that, that you know, the, the substantial body of the population that will vote no, would you regard them as racist or non-racist? I'd say this. I'd say, firstly, the majority, and you said 50-50 at the beginning at the top of the show, it's more like 60-40 at the moment that would vote yes. I say there's a bunch of people there that are still sitting there yet to make up their mind. And what we're saying is we've got to welcome everybody into this conversation. This is a conversation that is for... This is The best thing about this whole campaign, Tom, is that it's not actually about the politicians. It's about individual voters and people across the country that get to have their say and say yes or no to this. So what we're saying is all people should come into this. We know that there are people with hesitations and, and, and reservations at the moment. We want them to be involved too. We want the questions to be asked and answered because this is a movement for every single Australian. Thankfully... We're not leaving it in the hands of the politicians. We're putting our belief in the people of Australia because we reckon they'll get this right at the end of the day and and uh, and achieve a successful vote on this. All right, thank you for your time. I do appreciate it. Dean Parkin there, Director of From the Heart, which is leading the Voice Yes campaign. All right, well, 133693, I, the reason I'm saying it's 50-50, I'm, I'm rem- reminded of the Republican uh, referendum 23-odd years ago, 24 years ago now, where it looked like it was 60-40 in favour and then as the date got closer and closer and closer and the, the Republicans couldn't quite be clear about what type of model they wanted and so forth, the thing flipped and it ended up being 55 no, 45 yes. I, I think that on the day, the vote for or against the voice will be very, very close. 